Hey, what you waiting on? Check, check us on your phone. This the Tony Sands show. Turn your radio on. Kelsey just turned down like a field goal, so we in the zone. Got games like a stadium. I'ma go ahead and pack the dome. I'm cooler, smoother. Make you think with your medulla. You a student. I'ma school you with the facts that I'm producing. This is for the high schoolers, college students. Nah, everyone can do it. Do this. I ain't new to this. My style is rich. It's lucrative. Maneuver through it. You know it's fast, only. You know it's so sensational. Like my big homie Tony. You could catch me every Monday. After kickoff on Sunday. I got these cold, hard facts. And we ain't talking Sundays. Co-host with Kelly Deli. Shout out to the big homie. You know it's so sensational. Like my big homie Tony. Co-hosting with Kelly Deli. You know it's fast, only. You know I'm so sensational. Like my big homie Tony. Tony, Tony, Tony. Go BBS Radio. Ben Simmons met with Sixers medical professionals and coach Doc Rivers today. He informed them he's not mentally ready to play to his expectations now. Sources telling ESPN he also talked to his teammates today. Simmons has to be evaluated now and next steps will be based upon the determination of medical professionals. Again, sources telling ESPN. Kendrick Perkins back here with us. Stephen A., I'll start with you. Uh, obviously, you guys have that game tonight, NBA Countdown ESPN. We know the Nets are going to the Sixers. That's at 730 Eastern. What are your thoughts on this latest info? We're back here live on the Tony Sands Show. I am Tony Sands, along with my main man. If it comes to financials and you need to know if you so deep in debt and you need to grow, listen, you got to call my man Kelsey and let him get you out of debt. And let him get your business rolling. He is the guy. His office will handle all that when it comes to credit, financials, you name it. If you need to get your life back on the right track, jump on the train to success, you need to call my man Kelsey and let him lead your engine. Kelsey, what's going on, my brother? How you doing? Hey, what's going on, Tony? Appreciate you having me on. Listen, man. Listen, Kelsey. Today's show is going to be a blast. We're going to go over, listen, this St. Thomas Dillard game that was what it was. It built up to the height of what it was anticipated to be, college football. We got all things going on here. There teams moving from one conference to the next. You got the University of Miami where, listen, AD said at this point, everyone is being evaluated. What that means, we'll find out here later on in the show. And, Kelsey, the Washington football. U.S. representatives are asking for those emails. Will this be the tipping of the iceberg for more people than John Gruden? Here on the Tony Sands Show, Kelsey, let's dive into it, man. Let's dive into it. I want to get into it so deep. Last night, game, St. Thomas and Dillard. And I told people, listen, we haven't had this game at this height since I played Highland Hicks to where you hear the word, the Battle of 27th Avenue come up. I haven't heard that back since in 86 when Highland and I met, met up with each other at St. Thomas after Dillard coming off a big win of Ely. They comes to St. Thomas and we play. That changed the whole dynamics of the way you see St. Thomas football stadium is being played. What did you take from that game? And did you think that game would have come down to possibly a kick being the deciding factor if Dillard win or if Dillard lose. Well, I think, I think Tony, uh, looking at the matchup, uh, you had two talented teams going at it uh, that are filled with, you know, top-notch players, uh, you know, high-star high kids. And yes. uh, you look at it and you think it was, you, you know, Dillard jumped out on them pretty quick. Um, and you're figuring, like, okay, well, you know, Dillard is going to establish themselves, and they're going to run away with this thing. But then things settled down, and St. Thomas kind of started doing what they usually do, which we know is they play good coached football. And Dillard just continued making these mistakes after mistakes, uh, you know, penalties and uh, missed snaps on offense. And then you look at, as the game gets late, the field goal – that it comes down to uh, Dillard in, is inside the five, and they go to take this to, to make this field goal. And one of the things that we talked about was 
uh, the timeout situation. St. Thomas yes. gave them a timeout. So and I, uh, Dillard had a chance to go over their plan there. And as we said, yes. uh, you know, do you go for it? And, and and in that particular case, we're thinking that, yes, you go for it. But they come out and somehow, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't blocked up or uh, there was miscommunication and St. Thomas blocks it and it turns the end of the game and, you know, makes it where, you know, St. Thomas is able to, you know, get the victory. But a well-fought game by Dillard, but just too many mistakes. And, I'm, and, and Kelsey, as I'm sitting on the sideline and I'm watching this, now you got to figure it was the who of who's on the sideline here at this game. If you – anybody that was anybody. And the one thing that was special about this event that I probably got to contribute this to uh, Tuan Russell and uh, Mr. McKenzie, the, the city commissioner here in Fort Lauderdale District, they bought out the 76th class from both schools. That was That's the amazing. first time. That was the first time that Dillard and St. Thomas met up in an actual football game. It was a predominantly private white school against a predominant, predominant black public school. The first meeting that they ever had between the two. And when I say, man, it was a, it was special to see. That was That's a amazing. special thing to see, man, from a standpoint of when I say one of the guys that I grew up watching was actually there. And I went out, you know, to the I went out to the field. My a guy I grew up loving was a guy named Archie Jones. And I idolized this guy. That's why I wanted to even, you know, be like. And Archie was there and to show respect to him meant the world to him because he, you know, a lot of people, he was older, so a lot of the people really didn't know who Archie Jones was, but he was the guy uh, that I wanted anytime I was in the park, um, Archie Jones. He was a high school guy. I was a youth league guy, but that's what we looked up to. Right. But when we came down to this play, because the first play, St. Dillard came out, and they drove straight up the field, straight, straight down St. Thomas' throat. Then... They're getting ready to do it again now, Kelsey. They're getting ready to do it again. And then the center hikes the ball over the quarterback's head. Hike the ball over the quarterback's head. Quarterback has to go back. Luckily, he retrieves the ball. All of a sudden, now you're 15 yards back on St. Thomas' side when you was driving. When you was driving right. to, to score a touchdown. Now you're back in bad field position. And all of a sudden, from that point on, the mistakes started piling up. The mistakes and, and started piling up. And here's the thing, Tony. When, when you look at these games, and you know going into these big matchups, these are two teams that haven't faced each other in in a while where they've been yes. displaced. They haven't been in the same district or the same class. And, and now they're aligned like they used to be back in the day uh, when the battles were going on and the rivalries was going on. And now they're in the same district. So, you you know, this is a rivalry. So Correct. I'm coming in and I'm, I'm – I'm making sure that we have our plan put together, that we're we're ready to go. We crossed our T's and dotted our I's, and we're ready to go. But you look at this game, and there were a lot of mistakes on Dillard's part that really, I would say, Tony, cost them the game because yes. for them to still hang into the game at, at that point and have a chance in the fourth that- quarter, five minutes to go, Yes. And you made all of those mistakes that, that says that, you know, if you could just tighten up on your preparation and then, you know, just don't get out coached, then That's, you're, you're and, on the winning side of the game. And, that, and and listen, and then it comes, like I say, guys, it came down to this kick. They're in the kick. They set up first. Dillard set up. St. Thomas calls a timeout. And if I'm not mistaken, I think that was St. Thomas's last timeout. So that even makes it more favorable for Dillard because St. Thomas really can't, they can't stop the clock. If Dillard get the ball back, they are in trouble. Exactly. So, so it comes down, they ice the kicker. And I'm quite sure that's what St. Thomas came into it. Not so much as looking out for a scheme because they didn't change anything from the first time that they came out to the second time. But they're saying to themselves, we're going to ice this young eighth grade kicker that Dillard had. Young, I mean, guys, 
when I, when you look at the guy, the guy is real short. Had to be no less than four <laughs> two guy, not not four two speed, but four two in height. Young guy. So now imagine this young eighth grader in this type of situation, this rivalry, this heated of a game. You get in this game, and it's up to you to decide if your team win. I mean, if your team ties the game. You, you, you're only going, it's not like you were going for the win, you're going for the tie. If you would have went for the win, you would say, forget it, we're going for it. St. Thomas' defense really, when it looked at Dillard's passing game, they really didn't shut Dillard's passing game down that well. Uh, uh, Mortimer. No, Mortimer, they were she, able to move the ball, yeah. Mortimer's were catching that one run he had to where he, I don't know how he got himself back up and came up out of that and spurred down that sideline. Of Dillard and scored that touchdown, opened that game back up, and it gave Dillard life. St. Thomas had took a little bit of thunder from them when they came when they scored, but then they gave Dillard life when that happened. Now we get to 16 13. 16 to 13. Dillard misses a field goal, so that puts us in a whole nother situation. The extra point they missed, so that happens. Now we're at 13. So now. You did put that pressure on a young kicker. You go to the sideline, your group goes over, and you're talking to your group. What do you tell your group, Kelsey, as an offense that's getting your special team that's going on the field? What do you tell them to prepare them for that situation? And, and that's a that, that's a good question, Tony, because, okay, okay, uh, you know, I, I've coached for some years in, in high school, so from an experience standpoint, um, at that particular time, we're we're calling all of our coaches together and we're we're debating then. Okay, what what are our situations right? Now? Okay, what yes. type of options do we have? We know that we got a young kicker. He previously missed an extra point, so Correct. we kind of are not sure. And then Tony, it was at an angle where it was on yes. the far hash, so yes. this kicker had to make like you know he had to hook it. Um, so that's kind of like you said for a young kicker, that's a lot of pressure and so forth. So I'm thinking, and I'm asking the staff, okay. Can we go for it here, guys? Do we have a play that can give us a good shot at getting it? They're they're inside the five, so I'm looking Correct. for a, a play that can get us five yards. Down there, you got a lot of crisscrosses you can do, a lot of short plays back out of the backfield, um, you know, some pick plays and so forth that you can do. And then I'm asking the defensive coordinator, hey, if we don't get this, if we don't get this here. Can I count on you to get us the ball back? Because then St. Thomas is going to be backed up inside the five, right? And like you said, they possibly didn't have any more timeouts. So now we know that we possibly are going to get two shots at this. If we don't get it on that on that fourth down, then we got another shot possibly, and we like the way our defense is playing. They were playing well in the fourth quarter. They were holding St. Thomas. So now that sets us up, and that, that's the decision that we're having on the sideline during that timeout that St. Thomas gave them. They didn't use their own timeout. They were given a timeout. <laughs> given a timeout, so. yeah. Giving me a timeout for me to go back on the field, set up. But I'm going to tell you, and, I, and I've been up all morning because when I left the game, I said to myself, I go for that. I go for that yeah. win. I'm on, the road. I'm on the road. The odds were already against me going into the game because people didn't predict me to even be at this point in a dogfight with St. Thomas. So I'm going for the win for the simple fact I do not want to go into overtime with St. Thomas. I don't. Right. I want not to win it now. If worse come to worse, if we don't get it, St. Thomas has 95 yards to try to drive. That looked like that was not going to happen because Dillard defense was playing a, a, a pretty stop. So you got a chance to get the ball back, drive down, and possibly score because you was, your receivers were lights out in that right. game. They played a heck of a game. And now, if you miss it, that's where it's at. But if you go for this kick, and as I told you, as I looked at that, Kelsey, until I sent it to you this morning, I analyzed that one last play because I knew that play was the deciding factor in that whole game. Like they say, you come down to certain plays that are the deciding factor. That was So when I'm looking at this play, I'm looking at the end guy. And when I'm looking at this guy, I'm looking at how he's supposed to lean in. Well, he didn't lean in. He didn't <laughs> lean in. Kelsey, he proceeded to go out and step back and went in a route. That's he was faking and went in a route. So that tells me a couple things. 
that tells me a couple things that was this a fake call and someone forgot to tell the kicker and the holder or the holder and the kicker forgot to tell the other people that we're fakes off. Something happened. Some uh, communication breakdown happened because as we looked at it, we can see that 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 guy released, and we know okay, the end guy he's mostly not he, he he's not going anywhere. He's setting his feet, right. and he's yes. trying to block those edge guys so that they don't get to the ball because that's really where most of your blocks are going to come. That edge guy coming around real fast, so he set. Soon as the ball was hiked, Tony, that guy took off. He so took now, off. now we know something else was called. Something yes. else was called, but there was some type of communication breakdown. So that's going to be interesting to see what comes out from that. And I guarantee you, I am saying to myself as a coach, did I tell the guys, okay, if St. Thomas have no one back for watching for a fake, go for the fake. If they do have every, if everybody, if they got them in a regular defense, they're sitting back kick the ball. Well, the young eighth grader that hasn't really had a lot of football on his belt probably thought that he saw what he saw when it first started, but these guys crept up a little bit, which that's what they did. They crept up in the holes, and it was on, and he kicked. He never looked back up. He never looked back up, but the rest of the guys saw what coach told them, that if everybody's up, go for the fake. And I hope they didn't put that on that young kid to make that type of decision or even a holder. Like, okay, no, if we're calling, if we're calling a fake, like, Hey, everybody, we're doing it. It's no, we're not going to get out there and look at it and say, Oh, well, you know, if this guy's back or if this guy's forward and if they have two guys back, we're not going to do it. If they got everybody on the line, we're going to go for the fake. No, it's, it's called right then. And everybody knows when we break that timeout huddle, we're doing it. Hey, hey, we're right. running the fake. Everybody, everybody, you know we're running the fake, and, and let's let's go with it. Because you you think, okay, even if you run the fake right and you don't get it again, it's the same situation as if you had gone for it with the offense. Yeah. They're that's, still that's inside the five. Because most cases, okay, the guy throws it, he's not open, he drops it, or it goes out of bounds. Okay, St. Thomas still gets it at the five, and they still have to run out that clock. And then you're talking about what almost five minutes was still five left minutes. on the clock. So St. Thomas had to get at least four first downs to run out that clock. Correct. That's yeah. and that's what I'm saying. They and and with it being at that point, the way that Dillard defense was playing, I don't think that would have came down to that. I felt Dillard would have got the ball back. I'm, I'm, the way that game was going and back and forth, Dillard would have got the ball back, and I think they would have got the ball back in good field position. Right. Because even St. Thomas kicker wasn't kicking. The way I thought he would have kicked, or what I've seen, how I've seen other kickers that St. Thomas had kicked from the front, from the first kickoff. When I'm used to seeing St. Thomas kick the ball and it goes through the end zone, didn't see that none that night. All I saw was a guy kicking it, uh, Mortimer, uh, some of the guys catching it and, and taking it in. But I'm telling you, they're right now saying to themselves that miscommunication because. It was set up for the fake if the fake would have been executed. It was set up for it. You couldn't. It was. And when you look at it, a lot, I don't think a lot of people probably not even looking at it because it was a bang, bang play. You look right. at that guy, that guy looking out and he went to looking back as if I'm waiting on the ball because nobody's here. I walk in and score. Tony, the whole team ran and took off down the field. <laughs> and even the it? people on the side, the people on the sideline from that angle, had taken off with where the ball was going, that kid was still standing in the end zone, in the corner of the end zone, wide open by himself. Uh, no, nobody on St. Thomas's side was expecting a fake. So they they, right. they, they had him. They had him. It, I, I don't know how that happened. Hey, listen, man, there's bigger things going on, but they, they listen, they'll see each other again in the playoff. Because, listen, we're going to go to – about a three-minute, a two-minute commercial break, and we're going to come back, and we're going to talk Washington football and the situation that is going on in Washington. Blow it what up. Is, what is happening? <laughs> They've opened up a can of worms and have they tipped the iceberg for the NFL. Congress wants to know. We'll head into a commercial break, and we'll be back here on the Tony Sands Show with me, myself, 
and my main man, Kelsey Dudley. Another week of the NFL season's underway, but the controversy engulfing the Washington football team is not going away anytime soon, and now some members of Congress are getting involved. In fact, tonight, two House members sent a letter to NFL Commissioner Roger Goodell demanding all documents and communications obtained by the league in its recent investigation of the team. Fox 5's Josh Rosenthal reports from Ashburn with what we know so far. Guys, this letter comes from two House Democrats, including the chair of the Committee on Oversight and Reform, that's big because as this letter spells out, that committee has broad authority to investigate any matter at any time. The lawmakers write that the allegations that prompted the NFL's year-long investigation into the team were alarming, specifically citing rampant sexual harassment, a culture of verbal abuse, and surreptitious recording of female employees undressing. They note that while the league's investigator reportedly interviewed more than 150 people and collected 650,000 emails, Unlike in other high-profile NFL probes, the NFL didn't want this report in writing. The five-page letter goes on to mention the recent email leaks regarding now former Raiders coach John Gruden and former Washington team president Bruce Allen. And the lawmakers add, we have serious concerns about what appears to be widespread abusive workplace conduct at the Washington football team and about the NFL's handling of this matter. Tonight we talked to sports analyst and CEO of LifeFlip Media, Eric Mitchell, he told us this letter doesn't surprise him. Let's face it. At the end of the day, how many of us believe that 650,000 emails and only one pertain to John Gruden? I think there's a lot more there. So when you look back at what's going on. We're live here on the Tony Sands Show. We're coming back off the soundbite with my main man, Kelsey Dudley. Kelsey, Congress is starting to creep into this situation when they get into this and they're asking for the emails, they, they want the whole everything. They don't want just what you've given us with John Gruden, because I think this thing is bigger than John Gruden. This is like Nino Brown. This is bigger than me. This, this, this is bigger than me, as Nino said. Do you think more heads will turn and more chips will fall when Congress, how and when, and they got ways to do it so the NFL won't be able to hide it. They won't be able to hide it. When this plays out, do you think more heads turn in the NFL? Oh, definitely, Tony. You're talking about a, a, a big you're talking about a big uncover here. Uh, when you think about you know uh, you know scandals in in the NFL, and you think about uh, Deflate Gate and yes. uh, the other situations that that the Patriots had, and then the, uh, the uncovered stuff with Robert Kraft back when. He had the things at the massage parlors and everything. You're talking about the Congress. So now it's more than just the the investigation being done just by uh, an investigative third party. You're talking about Congress politician officials being involved in this and opening this out yes. because now that's you know you have some 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 federal laws being broken here based on what was said and how it was handled in those emails. So. This is a big situation to where I think that uh, we're going to see a lot more things come out and it's not going to be pretty as to what is said on some of these emails. Because, you you know, you think with Gruden where there's smoke, there's fire. And, uh, you know, the NFL has a good old boy system. And now a lot of this is going to get uncovered. And I think, you, you know, it, it's a lot to see. And they're probably going to have to blow up that whole organization in terms of the upper management the front office and so forth and clean that all the way out because this has been going on for a while tony we're talking about what what about yeah. as far back as 10 years ago yes this this okay. this and when you look at when when you hear it and you hear what it's saying females undressing what kind of culture is washington football running when you are able to send these types of emails throughout harassment, all these types of concerns, how is it following one organization into where a guy that was with ESPN at the time? And see, I'm going to tell people, for the most part, John Gruden would have survived if it was just about him calling D. Smith that he had big lips that looked like Michigan's. Mission entire. <laughs> he would have survived that, Kelsey. He, that's how he was able to coach that game. He yeah, would've he would have. He would have definitely survived it. 
Yeah, he would have survived the big lip controversy. That would have been easy. That's all right. Yeah, I leave it alone. You know, uh, yeah, we talked to him. He apologized about it, and that's it. Come on, guys, we gotta move on. Why keep going in the past? That would have survived. But he continued. He did not stop there. He went on a great uh, a rant. Everybody Talked was game. <laughs> everybody was open season. Talked about the commissioner. Talked about the LBG community. I mean, no one was off the list. No one was off the list. And when I when I when I listened to it, I'm saying to myself, man, he didn't spare no one. Yeah, when, when he crossed over. When he crossed over, Tony, you and I know, when he crossed over to the uh, LGBTQ. Af- the, af- the alphabets? <laughs> oh, man, no, you can forget it. Yeah. <laughs> listen, hey, listen, I'm going to tell you how that thing played out. First, because they sent him all this information. Now, it's not like Davis didn't have this information. He already had it. He had it prior to that weekend. He had it that Friday. NFL sent him to that Friday. So they're waiting. And the rest of the boys on the group, because I'm quite sure they met as a organiz- as owners. They met because you got to understand the commissioner worked for the owners. Let's be upright and clear. So they sent that to Davis with the intent, hey, man, you got to do something about this. So and at that point, I think, you know, they sent them other thing, but they only leaked out the big lip situation. Yeah, because that came out first, right? Yeah. The, the, the situation with Demore Smith came out first, yes. and it was a couple yes. of days after that they they then said, well, wait, it's more. There yes. is more. <laughs> There's more to this. And so what they said to him, somebody I'm guarantee you told the commissioner, okay, hey, if y'all don't do nothing, we're going to release everything else. So the commissioner and the boys probably told David, listen, I don't know what you're doing right now. But you need to get in your vehicle and get to the facility and address this issue. They're, they're, <laughs> you know, you know how I'm good. You know how to get in there. Hey, you got to address this issue, buddy, and you got to go address it now. You got to fire him to so it won't get so ugly. We're trying to keep this thing because there's too many heads that's going to turn if all this comes out. Right. You got to go do this. And deal with it now. Why did you let him even coach the game? So Davis is probably saying to himself, man, listen, y'all got to force me to do this. I ain't doing nothing. Now, mind you, you got to remember now, to go to respect to his owner, to the owner, his dad. His dad was the first person to hire uh, a minority woman in the organization, a black coach, everything. So he was exempt from a lot of this because he was the first person to move forward with a lot of this. He was a lot of people didn't move, so he moved forward with it, so he changed some things. But his son was saying to himself, listen, I ain't going to move on this right now. And then he was forced to do it because guess what? Hey, man, if you don't do this, there's going to be a lot of other heads that's going to turn. We can't have that. You got to go handle your business. now. Right. It would have got a lot worse. Yes, but now, do Daniel Snyder survives this? Do Daniel Snyder or do the collective 31 other teams say, hey, listen, bro, you got to sell. You got to sell your organization. You've, you're costing too much heat for us. Just like they did in the NBA. You, you remember when that, hey, he had to sell. These same, same type of allegations came out. You got to sell, brother. You are hurting the brand. You are hurting the rest of our money. Yeah. You got you got to sell. The owner, the owner for the Clippers. Yeah. So yes. the so the um, it's it's definitely going to come out to the point where you know they're going to release some stuff on Daniel Snyder, and yes. then they're going to try to cut it off at that particular point and say, oh well, you know there was no one else. That was on the email yeah. when, when we know as you know we know good and well that those owners are on those emails. There's other people oh, that yeah. are on those emails, oh, yeah. but yeah. they're gonna pay out, Tony. Those other to make owners, sure that yes, that stuff does not get out. out to settle that that other information does not get out. Not now get here's out. the thing: does how far does Congress 
work with the good old boy. Because we're talking about now, we're talking about the U.S., you know, judicial but then, government. Okay, but politics so now, comes into play. You got those Democrats, and the majority of those owners <laughs> are what? They, the majority? They are, yeah. They are what? Republican. So the Democrats are the ones now, when you look at these, the ones that are coming out in Congress, it is the Democrats because they the Democrats know. Democrats that are in office. Yeah. So now, hey, it's, it's going to be, you know, and a lot of times we don't know as as common folk, we don't know, you know, how far that, that the politics and the leveraging goes yes. with, you yes. know, with, with all of that. But it's going to be some leverage playing on, uh, yeah. okay, well, you want us to slide this up under the rug? Okay, well. Here's what we need to have done for us, you know. So there's going to be a lot of things that are going to come out, but then there's going to be a lot of things that that uh, are played in the in the benefit of you talking about the democratic, you know, uh, officials and politicians and things like that. That they're going to get a favor too. You want us to do something for you? Well, you yeah, got to do something for us. And then now. So, now you at the, now you at their begging mercy because it like they're saying now is that me, certain members are saying why is Congress getting involved if so why are they singling out one team so they're saying as if it's hey this thing might be bigger than one team when you talk about all those emails those emails just didn't start with John Gruden and Bruce Allen that come on are we are right. we crazy but we were gonna throw John Gruden out there to hopefully. If we give that up enough, then that would just kill that whole thing. That would that would kill it. But no, no, no. This has become a, a fight between Congress, between Republicans and Democrats. And the NFL <laughs> has just got themselves caught up in the middle. But right in the middle. That, when we talk caught up in the middle, my main man, Kelsey Mo Love, is joining us. But when we say caught up in the middle, we got to only think about who? The Lakers. Who was caught up in the middle of A.D. and how to break that up? Stay tuned. We're going to come back here to the Tony Sands Show with my main man, Mo Love, Kelsey Dudley, as we breaking it down. Like I told you, if you need financials, you need credit, you need your life straightened out, you've got to call Kelsey Dudley. Let him and his team get you straightened out when it comes down to the bottom line. Kelsey handles the bottom line to get your line and get your numbers on your credit and three bills if you need to get them up you got to call my main man kelsey dudley and let him sit down with you and get your life on track doug let's head to a commercial i wanted to check and see what well, what was happening on the bench in the first half with you and ad and if you guys got a chance to talk about it or oh, yeah, we, are, we, are, we, are right in there. No, uh, we just had a disagreement about uh, something that was on the floor we both very passionate about winning. Uh, we did want to lose this game, you know, so we both were just you know, very passionate. We got out the way, we grown in, things happen. Uh, but we are going to talk, squash, there's no issue between me and him. And uh, that's my brother, that's my teammate. You know, that's what I told him. So I'm always be here for you, no matter what. I'm always fighting for you, do whatever I can to help this team win. He said the same thing. So we're good. We're back here live on the Tony Sands Show with my main man, Kelsey Dudley, and joining us live out of Atlanta, basketball expert, my main man, Mo Love. Mo, what's happening with you, man? What's going on? What's going on with y'all? What's going on? Listen, we talking about the NFL and Congress is getting all the – y'all need referees in the NBA. Y'all need y'all need boxing referees or MMA referees to handle what is going on on the sideline with the Lakers. You got the situation going on with Kyrie, and then you got Ben Simmons that's saying, right now, I don't even think I'm emotional ready to continue basketball. But let's dive into this Lakers situation, because Magic Johnson did make a comment. Magic said it to himself, he has never seen anything mm -hmm. like this out of the Lakers on the sideline in his years of being involved with the Lakers. Mo, what's to make out of what happened on the sideline? Well, you know, again, Dwight is a different kind of breed of basketball player. Uh, everywhere he goes, he's like a 
uh, not a nucleus, like a problem, but he always have an edge on his on chip on his shoulder. And last night when I watched the game, you know, they were saying he was trying to tell him stop hacking, you know, trying to talk to him in the white light. You can, you know, jumping bad at, at AD. AD making his money. AD is the man. And LeBron, I mean, and 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 uh, Howard, he don't understand that. And one thing that Howard would come to Orlando, go to Houston, go to LA. You understand, as a basketball player, you're not the man. You got to understand, you know, you got to, it's about winning. And and right. they were talking about last night that this is the last go around in the NBA. And you wow. understand that. You know, he's a kid. He's a kid from Atlanta, too. So he's been kind of a sheltered kid. So he, you know, he's been a big kid for years. You know, he played in AAU basketball here and, and went to, straight to the pros. But definitely his attitude is terrible. And he got to be in the NBA. And for the play for the Lakers, he's going to be out of there soon. But my, what what I didn't see, and, and Kelsey, you can chime in on this, what I did not see in that situation, I did not see LeBron come out and speak as of yet. Maybe I'm, maybe I'm missing. I looked at the press conference. I seen Howard do his own press conference, but then I seen Anthony Davis do a press conference, and LeBron was sitting to the side. But LeBron really didn't say anything uh, to – you know, to this situation, when you're talking about two guys, Davis, and you're talking about Howard, two guys that are strong-minded guys in the NBA, and they're coming to join the Lakers who everybody, when you think of the Lakers, you think of LeBron. Do you think LeBron should have stepped in in between, hey, man, y'all cut this out, let's play this game. Do you think it would have meant more to them coming from LeBron or coming from one of the coaches? Well, I definitely think that it would have, you know, I, I think that LeBron staying out of it and letting them handle it uh, kind of right. keeps it to where it's just contained to those two. And then at that particular point, it's going to be left with those two because, you know, LeBron attracts a lot of attention. Uh, media is looking to ask him a lot of things, get his feeling right. on things, see what he thinks. Um, I think by him staying out of it or just not showing up in that scene, then it now allows that scene to be squashed. Um, and one right. of the things with the Lakers I'm seeing is that they brought back the same players, the majority of the same players they, they kind of put together and won the championship with uh, in the bubble. But mm-hmm. they're realizing now that the time that has, has passed when they had that team together, which was about two years ago, that those mm-hmm. guys just can't go back out there on the court and expect things to just come together like they were two years ago. And I think that's kind of hitting them a little bit because in the preseason, they did they did not win a game. They did not win a game. So I, can, I think they kind of took the preseason for a joke um, and, and kind of they're not preparing themselves. So now they're kind of hitting some bumps and you're getting some right. tension uh, between the players. That's what I think. But, but now we've all played this sport, and, and, and I know we've played it at high levels. So when I when I go back and say that Le, uh, at that time in the heat of the moment, we're still, in, we're still fighting in a game trying to get that controlled, to have the number one guy, the number one guy that if any – I know, and I'm, maybe I'm different. I, I know I would say, man, hey, cut this out, bro. we got to win a ball game. More right. than that – we got to win a game here. This is this is a game. Because if you look, Howard kind of snapped at the coach a little bit. Well, and yeah, he, he did. He, he but, realized but he's kind of, yeah. But the black, the black coach told him, man, you had to sit down. You know, you you know, you got out on the ball here because I don't know what coach the was. Yeah. And looked at him like, hey, you need to sit down. You know, you what you doing? You know, what we, we're, trying to, we're trying to get this chemistry together. You know, they get so much chemistry. Even Westbrook, it's, it's so many personalities on that team yeah. that you got to manage. You think about Michael Jordan and Dennis Rodman. You just think of that. But how they control Dennis Rodman? They let him do what he wanted to do. But you never did Dennis Rodman ever on the bench fight against Mike No. That was, you know what I'm saying? Oh. Fight against Scottie Pittman. I, I never that, seen that when they played. He knew that was his. That, that was not his team. He was born. Right. He was brought into that team to enhance that team. But he knew that was Michael Jordan's team outside of Michael right. Jordan. He knew that was Scottie Pippen. He knew that. Right. So, at some point, they got to realize that this is supposed to be LeBron's team. So, if this is supposed to be my team, and that's why sometimes we hold what we call 
players' meetings. And nine times out of ten, when you call players' meetings, who stands up? And guys that are leaders. So LeBron is a leader at some point. I feel he has to step in because just to say that we don't squash it, y'all know what time it is. We in the hood. We haven't. We don't get it. Got into a fight with a dude. That ain't squashed. Right. Especially on national television. And and lo and behold, if they got children, one of the kids gonna go to school in Dwight Howard. Somebody kids gonna, uh, get on Dwight Howard. Man, that dude got your daddy and pushed him. So now, <laughs> yeah. that still feeds yeah. into it, fellas. Come on. You put your hand on me, bro, on national television, and it's playing and playing and playing. Do y'all really think, if you listen to their press conferences, Anthony Davis' press conference was like, yeah, 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 you know, we don't put it. At that, out, yo, you know, we don't put it behind us, and we're trying to move forward, as you heard in that soundbite. Uh-uh, uh-uh. That chemistry will continue with the Lakers. That's the problem sometimes when you're trying to bring too many superstars to try to get a championship. Not only is it hurting them, let's move a little bit to the East Coast with Kyrie Irving and his situation to where he bought it in. And I know it's a little different because Kyrie decided, hey, listen, this is my strong beliefs and I'm not going to take the vaccine. And you guys got to deal with it. He can't play they thought he would be able to play on the road games but i guess the next said no we ain't doing that neither we're saying to ourselves no either you all in or you're not mo how does that affect the nets and their quest for a championship well you saw last night they played last night and you can see that in mr Kyrie, very 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 important key to the game um and to their team and it's not being kind of kind of selfish in this world. We you know we got this pandemic and it kind of changed our whole world around, and they're just trying to make things safe for everybody. And Kyrie, I know everybody got belief in what we're not getting political part about it, but everybody got belief in what they believe in. But Kyrie being a little selfish, you know, you losing a lot of money not playing. I mean, think about it. He's not he's not making no money playing basketball. And so think he's hurting his teammates. That they're supposed to be the top team in the East. But now you're yes. looking now, without him, they don't, I don't think they can win the East. You know, but, what they have. And now what the, and, and what what you said said a lot. But there are still, and this is what a lot of people are saying to themselves, there are still police officers in New York that haven't gotten the vaccine and haven't okay. been fired. So they're saying to themselves, let's, how is it one side it. and it's not another? Well, let's talk about that. You know, the, the companies and businesses are doing that. The mandate they're giving you an option now to take two, get your test for two twice a, twice a week. After right. a while, it's going to be a mandate that you don't get tested. Now you or you don't have the vaccine that you're not be able to come to work. So it's it's coming to that point. So it's optional. Those guys in New York, they're probably getting tested every two weeks to come to work to make sure they not have the virus, and then who are vaccinated. So this probably could do the same thing for for Kyrie. And, but I'm but saying, NBA is taking a stand on it. They're like, no, I want you to be vaccinated. So they, that's right. their right. That's the, right. That is the NBA's right to do. But the only dark side I find out about this, guys, is we had one word at one time that when you said it, it made doctors and people cringe. When you said the word HIPAA. Right, right. When you said that word HIPAA. That gave every citizen in in the united states an opportunity that they did not have to disclose what their medical background right right so now and i you know i've talked to you know i get a chance to because i i deal with a lot of people i get a chance to talk to some some cubans some old head cubans that came over and i'm gonna tell you what they said to themselves they said see we're looking at it as it's just a vaccine whether we take it or we don't but not looking at the big thing of are we losing one of our strongest freedoms that we had? It starts with the vaccine now, and we're able to mandate. Let me see how far this goes. Do this go to other things that we thought that we have 
rights and, and, and things of that nature. Do it goes to to where now like we look at it even in a house. You think you own your home. You can't build anything on it unless you contact the city and pay them. So how far do we go with this? If other cities and states, and I understand that other states saying, hey, we ain't worrying about it. You can come in our building. Florida is a big state. And it goes back, like we said, Kelsey, earlier, that Republican and them Democrats. <laughs> That's a big thing. <laughs> Texas is like that. Texas is like, hey, it's a free fall. What up? Jordan too. Jordan too Jordan. now. Yeah, because you remember that's where everybody when when this thing kind of settled down a little bit, everybody shot to Atlanta for trips. Man, wide open, wide wow. open. Everybody was coming wide to Atlanta. Open. So my thing is, how do they not say okay, just as other companies are doing, where we say we'll test you? Why the NBA right. is saying we're not giving you that option? And I think Kyrie is saying to himself. Hey, I made 120 million already. I can wait this thing out. He's not like the bottom of the barrel in the NBA to where he's got to. Because he's saying to himself, "You can't win this thing without me." He's almost Kyrie. Almost hold the cards in. This. I'm a whole lot until I'm a whole lot. Do he say I'm a whole lot until you guys figure out that you can't win a championship without me? Because you. The Knicks paid a lot of money to bring all these guys together for the ultimate goal of a championship. And do they get that? Do he hold out, Maurice? Right. Yeah, I don't I don't think that he holds. Well, you know, Kyrie is very unpredictable. Right. I say that. <laughs> yeah, you know that. Man. So, with, with I, I think that the Nets are, they're in a, they're in a hard spot. Um, a little different from that of the situation with uh, with Ben Simmons with the Sixers, yeah. but they don't. It, I could see Kyrie not playing this whole season, and yes, holding out. Now, me personally, and I'm not going to say whether someone <laughs> should get the vaccine or should not, but right. at that, at with the level of income that he is giving back. Oh my goodness! I would have to, me personally, I would have to really debate and make sure that you know I'm I'm totally steadfast in in my beliefs and I'm you know I'm standing by the right thing because you know this is not the only situation with Kyrie. Before it was something else where he wanted to right. go and and uh, I think it's it's some group a mental group or, or right uh, right remember that that he goes to in the hills, in the mountains, or something like that. So Kyrie has a lot of – he's a different individual. So I think that the Nets are looking for a way out of it, Tony. I actually think they're looking for a way to move him. However, how you going to move him? to pick up that how problem you, of that, unpredictable? How are, you don't know what you're getting. How are you going to move him? You can't. The you one can. thing about right. I love about NBA contracts is that it's almost Guaranteed. the player holds the organization at hostage. Now, if this was the mm-hmm. NFL, you will see a Callan Kaepernick, or you will see a uh, 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 my boy. What's the quarterback that they just that that said, "Okay, I got the vaccine now," and no one still even thought about bringing him in. Um, New England Cam just Newton. Cam oh, Newton. Cam Cam Newton. Yeah, yeah. Cam Newton figured out real quick that listen, them good old boys with that shield will not allow you. To run them now. On the other hand, the NBA, ah, that's a little bit catchy because their money, the way their money structure and their contracts are written now, they keep. But I'll tell you what's going to happen with that, Tony, is that when they go back to CBA, oh yeah, oh, it's going to be a lot different. Yeah, they're yeah. going to so? change that when they go back to CBA. When when they get back to bargaining, they're going. That's the first thing that's going to be on the table is for them to change um, how much leverage and how much control those players have yeah yeah oh that's that's yeah. that, that, that and see the oh, the one thing and i always say that basketball was able to have that the nfl doesn't have the basketball has minority owners that are a little bit more understanding and then they they understand the value when i look at football and i say football is the biggest revenue sport and how these guys have but i i you can see it it's that good old boy system that listen, we run this, buddy. This game is going to go on with or without you. They may they may hate that we pulled the plug on you now, but they 
will get over it. That's the way them good old boys think. In the NBA, NBA don't they want to keep their hands clean. They don't want ever want to get dirty. So we're gonna stay low key with it. But I think Kyrie's situation has put this thing to the test. That listen, I'm not gonna take. I'm not taking it. I'm gonna hold you guys hostage. You guys won't win it without me. Everybody know that it's gonna be hard for them guys to win that game without Kyrie being involved. So how long do Kyrie hold out? To pull to make them say, "Hey, listen, we'll let you come in for the games that are away that you could play." In. I think the Nets jumped the gun, and I, I guarantee, guarantee you, they're going to come up with some. Whether he's whether he make the NFL say we're going to test the kids, test the guys every so often, or we the Nets say you're going to be able to play on the road. I think that's the way this thing is going to play out. But didn't they do that last year when they were playing last year? Test in the bubble, week, yes. Yeah, in the bubble. Yeah, why? So they, they did that. Why? Like you said, why was it such a drastic change between last year and this year? Right. So right. I, I, right. I, I, this is becoming more and more uh, uh, disturbing when it comes to how this thing is playing out and how everyone must – Stay tuned. And as he say, he's fighting for those people that don't have a voice. How much do you think that plays out? He say he's not anti-vaccine. Now, let's, let's make sure that we're saying that. He's not anti-vaccine. He's just saying he's speaking for the voiceless. Well, I mean, that's a lot of money missing, you know, but if the world has changed. Yeah. A couple of years and and it's, you know it's your choice or not you know but and, it's gonna be it's gonna be a part that we can't move without it and it's yep, gonna, yep. I mean, that's and what they're like trying that. to do. It's slowly you know, getting so. to to where heck you can't travel, but 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 we're not gonna get into the politics part of it. We can get deep into that. But what I'm saying to you is, we can't. You're not gonna be able to move, especially you can't even move out the country without. It. Yeah. And I yeah, but I've seen true. people that. It's beginning crazy, and I think Kyrie is probably drawing a lot more attention to it. And then I think some people, and we, and and in all of it all, each person has their right to make their decision for the outcome of them. All he's saying is that he want more research done on it for him to find out is it right for him, and we give him that respect that is due to him as a person. But yeah, only thing I'm saying. We got to make sure that when we're doing it across the board, if there's entities that saying we ain't doing it, how far do this go? If you look at Washington, Washington State fired their head coach and five assistants because they didn't take it. How yeah. far does this thing go? Where do it go? Listen, fellas, we had a great show. My guy's telling me it's time to go. I am finna get out and watch me some youth league football and see how that plays out and enjoy my Saturday. We won't know how far this thing go, but we're going to watch how it play out. Stay tuned here on the Tony Sands Show each and every week as I bring the voice of voices to you. I'm not trying to speak for the voiceless. I'm trying to speak for all those that are listening. My main man, Kelsey, and Mo Love, thank you guys for joining the show, and we're going to keep it coming. See how this thing plays out. Appreciate it. Appreciate it. All right. Appreciate it, brother. All right. Got it.